Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup as voted on by our Patreon supporters. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and pledge $2 a month to support the show. And then you can also vote on the games that we play. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn, as in Minnesota.com. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. hey And Dr. C, Casey Aline. Hey, what's going on, everybody? For August's Game Pass Forever game, we played Arcade Paradise by English developer Nosebleed Interactive. Released in August 2022, Arcade Paradise has a Metacritic rating of 81 on Xbox. You play a capricious teenager tasked with running a laundromat your dad owns. You discover the profitability profitability of arcade cabinets and slowly build your own little arcade empire or electronic empire or some little uh, collection of arcade cabinets with a clever and catchy name. You really didn't read that ahead of time, huh? No. When, <laughs> well, you know, usually I do the show notes like three days before we record. This uh-huh. time I was actually on top of it. I did it like two weeks ago. I'm like, oh my God, did I even do show notes? Like they are completely <laughs> gone from my brain, so I'm just cold reading everything. <laughs> it's like the uh, stranger giving a podcast. <laughs> so we should have just like rewrote everything he said. That would have been funny. Yeah, pretty much. I would have totally Ron Burgundy. Oh, I'm yeah. a big dumb idiot. This is this is by far the game of the year. Yeah, I love this experience. It was the best time of my life. <laughs> the core gameplay loop in Arcade Paradise. You do some laundry, you pick up trash, you clean up gum, then you play some arcade games, you collect money, you buy new cabinets, and then you look up the word capricious. Capricious? I don't know. Uh, cap- capricious. Yeah, right. Capricious based yeah. on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> that was a deep cut. Thanks I, for getting that. I, I got that one. I have no idea what you're talking about. What does capricious mean, Burns? I, I don't know, but precious <laughs> is what made me think of. Oh. Yes. Based on the novel Push oh, by yeah. Sapphire. Yeah. I precious. Burns, <laughs> you put this game up, and our patrons chose it over the likes of Persona 5, Grand Theft Auto 5, and Assassin's Creed 5. It's actually Assassin's Creed Origin, but I thought that was a funny joke. Why were you interested in this game? I was going to say, it's well past. It's like Assassin's Creed like 8 or something like that, I think. Or seven. Well, there were three Ezio's, there was Altair, there was an uh, uh, entire other... Yeah. yeah. So, wait a lot. Assassin's Creed wait 50. Wait a lot of the yeah. fan yeah. play. <laughs> yeah. Nobody listens to this show anyways. It's fine. So, uh, <laughs> right around when it came out, uh, I ended up uh, watching a streamer play it last summer in August. Was it Amaranth? No, it was not. Uh, Amaranth. I, I, does Amaranth actually even play games? You're the one who watches her, so I don't know. Uh, she had some Diablo headlines, but usually I only jump on. Like She emails her followers every time she gets on. Like If it sounds like something crazy, like then I'll check it out to see the train Yeah, because I think she does like she did like Just Dance for a while and stuff like that. But I don't, no, I don't see Arcade Paradise being, uh, being her thing. But uh, so no, and, and, and what I saw looked fun. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, when that, I'll pick it up. So I purchased it on uh, PlayStation, and um, I don't know. I really enjoy business sim types of games, and so that um, kind of spoke to me as well. And um, Yeah, business sims and video games. It sounds like it's right in your wheelhouse. What are some of the uh, business sims that you enjoy? Like, What are some of your favorites in the genre? Um, 
So I was trying to think about that because I know I've played other ones, but the only one I can really think of... Lemonade Stand? Tell me it's Lemonade Stand. Oh, I guess I did play that way back in the day, so that would count. Um, But the one I was thinking of is PC Builder Simulator. He talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, and so I I played a decent amount of that. I kind of got sick of it, fell off of it, never went back to it. Um, I love business sims. I played PC Builder Simulator. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You ever play like way? This is way back in the day, and maybe this isn't like building as much as like, um, you know, just buying and selling and economy and stuff like that. But do you ever hear of the the game uh, Taipan? No. It was like on Apple Two E, and it's basically you were like a privateer in the Pacific, and you would basically go to one marketplace. So you go to like Saigon, and you'd buy something, and then you'd end up going somewhere else and sell it there to make money and buy other stuff like in Shanghai or whatever. Oh. So it was basically the Diablo Three auction house. Yeah, yeah, kind of like yeah. that, or like Drug Wars, if you ever had that, like on your graphing calculator in high yeah. school. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Casey, have you ever played a business sim before? Just how long did it take you to min-max this zombie? I does SimCity count as a as a business sim? No, that's a Burns. You want to field the <laughs> classification of SimCity? So SimCity is a, is actually just a straight out simulation game. So business sim would be like a subgenre where it's specifically about you like running a business. Like I would think uh, farming simulator would probably count. The farming simulator games would count probably as a business sim because it's all about, like, most of it's about actually doing the stuff like tilling the ground, you know, the land and getting the crops and stuff like that. So, like, Stardew Valley? Stardew Valley has elements of that. That falls into kind of another different subgenre, which is farming simulators, more specifically. Um, but farming simulator doesn't fall into the... That one... <laughs> As far as what I know, I think that one is much more, like, business-oriented. I could be wrong. I never played one of the games, so I, I could be wrong on that. Um, but, like, Stardew Valley and things like Harvest Moon and um, Story of Seasons, those games are a lot more... They're a lot more based on, like, kind of like what Animal Crossing is, where you, like, plant stuff and grow it. Not really about, like, the actual economy of any of it. Granted, you know, you got Tom Nook in there trying to get his cut in Animal Crossing. So maybe those are kind of business sims, but sorry. That was a Animal lot longer Crossing. response than it needed to be probably. But. No, it's fine. Um, and to sum it up, no, I haven't played any business <laughs> sims. <laughs> uh, and as far as min-maxing, I don't know if you can really min-max this game. I guess, I don't know, besides little things like tweaking the difficulty of the machines and... You know, putting them in proximity to the you know, more popular machines to add little minute bonuses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's there's not a whole lot you can do to maximize what what you're doing, really. So I mean, so is this just like your personal hell then, not being able to like jump in and break this game? I I don't know about that, but I mean, it's there's still little things like you if you didn't do that, you wouldn't be taking full advantage of of the setup and and what this game has to offer so at least they do have some things so like the first thing i do when i get a cabinet is i open up the little phone and i it's a pda it's not a phone whatever like the blackberry yeah i open up my uh my beeper (laughs) and uh (laughs) um and then yeah so i like adjust each difficulty to go through easy and then i you know, adjust all three prices and see, okay, what's the max on that one? Then I would go to medium, adjust all three prices, and see what the max is on that one. And then if there were two that were tied, then I would go with whichever one had the most 
visits or most plays in an hour and mm -hmm. that's what i would set it at so and then i would plop that one next to if it was one that was low on the popularity scale i would try to put it next to a game that was more popular so it would draw on more revenue and that's really all you can do um besides playing them and getting the bonuses and stuff too so i mean there's little things you can do but it's not a game i don't think where you can min max that bleep out of it you know burns you can reaffirm that i'm right here but i don't feel like fiddling with the stuff had much of an impact so by fiddling with it you mean like changing the difficulty and the price oh yeah it definitely did did you not look at how the numbers changed when you changed it? Yeah, I did, but it took me like 10 seconds, like click, 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 click. Okay, this is the highest possible combo. Great. Well, yeah, but the I end. mean, that, that affects it. Like you were saying, like changing it doesn't matter at all. It's not like you had to sit there and look at graphs for an hour to figure out what was going to be the best one, because that wouldn't be really interesting or fun. I guess maybe it was just disappointing, because I didn't have to think at all, because like it did the calculations for you based mm -hmm. on the price you were charging and the plays per hour at the different difficulty levels. So like it was literally like 10 seconds of clicking for me. It's like, all right, there's well, the biggest number. Okay, done with this forever. If you want to have more in-depth things, there's this, there's this game called TurboTax, and you can do it once a year, and it's a lot of fun, and you put a lot of numbers in there, and you try to see what numbers come back out um so you should maybe look into that game that might be more up your alley then yeah i've been dodging that game for 42 years my friend uh oh <laughs> <laughs> i think this is admissible in court <laughs> you better be careful you're gonna take that out in post right yeah nobody listens to this <laughs> nobody edits the show either uh i i played the games that were dictated by my to-do list and then i frantically tried to accomplish cabinet goals to raise more money so each one of the games in your arcade has three to four goals associated with it and if you cross those goals off uh they start earning more money so i found myself at one point picking up a box and dropping it and hitting undo as fast as i could for four consecutive days in a game in box stacker just to accomplish two goals at the same time that was super fun like that was the height of gaming for me why did it take you two days to do it wasn't two games in real time it was two uh two it was oh, i did write four days it was four games it's just a typo Okay, I'm like, there's no way. Like, so, <laughs> I played four consecutive games of Box Stacker, and two of the goals were to use undo X amount of times and to get fired 13 times. So, like, I just, right. I was on that first stage, and I would just pick up a box, drop it, undo as fast have, as I could over and over it. again. You just pick it up and then hit the undo button oh. like, right away. Or you could do 13 moves, and then you could just do undo, 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 undo all the way back. I think, because I think it goes back. I think it can go back multiple moves. Or you just play the game like normal because it's the best game in there and you just naturally unlock all those goals. So you could do that too. Yeah, I played a few games of uh, Box Stacker. Stack Overflow it was all right. is what it's called. You're fired. You're fired. Bernsey, you have a need to see and touch literally everything in games. Where did you find yourself spending the most time in Arcade Paradise? It really varied throughout. Um, earlier on, I did do like laundry like religiously. And so it was like the moment my watch beeps i'm like running into the laundry room to do things was it irritating for you at all to have to like drop off a cabinet to go change the laundry to get that bonus for the most money possible at times definitely yeah i hated that um but eventually well like and like i kind of told you a couple weeks ago after a certain point like once you get a few machines like you really don't need to do a lot of laundry to i guess keep that money kind of coming in 
Because um, pretty early on, you start making more money, it feels like, off of your machines than you do doing the laundry. And let's veer off of what I had in the show notes real quick here. So you got away from doing laundry altogether. I settled into a groove where I'd do three loads of laundry. Like, I'd walk in, there'd be three loads lined up. I'd start those. I'd do my cleaning. And, uh, like, I'd time it perfectly to get my super ratings on those. Mm-hmm. And then it would be off to the cabinets. Casey, how much laundry did you do, my uh, min-maxing friend? I did way too much, too. Like Joey said, I did like a ton yeah. of laundry in the beginning. I was doing like seven, eight loads a day, and I I didn't play a single game until I had the second edition, and I had that thing completely full of cabinets. Oh so, my god! Like, I didn't I didn't play. I was just doing laundry like over and over and over and over. <laughs> you and never over played again. anything. Never played a single game. Okay, that's like that's like I was doing laundry a lot too, but I was jumping onto machines and trying to like knock off goals or or what do you call it? Or the to do list for the day. Um, you know, every little bit that I could in between. But I was, I, I would say until the laundry was like significantly smaller, I was like doing that religiously too. And I saw something after the fact where it was like, yeah, you really don't need to money wise. You're not making more doing that. It's just taking up more of your time. You're better off building the popularity on your cabinets. One dumb thing that I did when I was trying to do as much laundry as possible early on in the game, I would try to stagger which washers and dryers I used. For some reason, I got in my head that that was impacting the rating that I got. Like, if I kept using the same washing machine over and over again. So, like, I had a system where I would go down the line of washers, go down the line of dryers, and, like, (laughs) never use the same one twice in a day. That's funny. So, I would do that just so that it was, like, a good flow to, like, accomplish them as fast as possible. So it was like I would use the first set of of washing machines and fill those up, and then those would go like straight across, um, sort of top then bottom, top then bottom, and then when I'd fill up the other side, then it would be pulling those over and putting them on the right side. So then it was like okay, so right now I'm starting on the left side, take those out, put them down on the on the counter, out down on the counter. And then, you know, it'd be like 45 seconds later, you get the other loads out and put those over there. And so that's kind of the system I developed so that it was keeping track of, okay, go to this one back, back, back. So it was trying to, like, maximize that I wasn't, like, going to the wrong machine as much as possible. Um, so that's, I guess, how I approached the laundry, you know. This is a very important strategy that we're <laughs> talking about for all of you that haven't jumped into the game yet. Yes. Just don't do laundry. There you go. Just <laughs> skip it almost entirely. Or, like, by the end, I was doing exactly what you did, Tom, where I would walk in, I would do the three that were sitting there, unless I had a task on my PDA that told me that to do, like, there's one of them that I got that said complete five loads of laundry, you know, in a, in a day. So I had to do five loads that day for, instead of my normal three. But, yeah, uh, once I've figured out that playing games is way more important and that's a heck of a lot more lucrative mm-hmm. um that's all i did i would do the three loads same thing do it clean up all the trash <clears throat> empty the trash bins you know all that sort of stuff and then i would just play one or two games hoping to get a few goals if, if possible well considering you've never played a video game before <laughs> uh and with <laughs> one hundred thousand million billion loads of laundry completely checked off your list I figured the arcade in this game must have just made you poop your pants. <laughs> Which of these cabinets stood out to you, and how did you plan your expansions to the arcade? Like, when you bought a new cabinet, how much thought did you put into where it went? Uh, the only thing that uh, my thought when I bought a cabinet was the popularity of the cabinet. So I would buy 
the more popular ones first. So I would save up until I had the more popular ones, and then I would just kind of go down the list that way. Um, playing the games, I thought that uh, I think it was a, basically an F Zero remake. Um, I think it was Space Race, Space Race Simulator. Simulator. Yes, it was. That one was my favorite. I, one, I liked the music a lot. Which so when I had to play the really, for some reason, obnoxiously loud jukebox, like I was looking it for a volume, loud. but it's super loud. It like loud. I, like the first time I played, I was like, holy crap! It's yeah. like three, four times louder than the background noise that you normally hear. Yeah. And it's just blasting. <laughs> I'm like, is there a volume adjustment? I'm looking at my PDA. I open <laughs> no. up the jukebox. I'm like, what the heck? So I just ended up turning the volume down on my TV because yeah. I couldn't stand it. And the music is it's not the greatest. So, But the music in the uh, Space Racer game. Space Race Simulator. Space yeah, it was pretty killer. That, that was fun. That was good music and uh, it was a fun game. You know, kind of monotonous, just same thing over and over again, but it was it was fun. And Bernsey, you kind of tipped your hand on your favorite game with yeah. Stack Overflow. What made that game so addictive for I, you? I really don't know why. Because like, all you're doing in that game is like there's pallets spread across the board and you're just stacking up the same color boxes. Yeah. So like on the first board, there's maybe three pallets and two different colors of boxes. Yeah. And like you have to take the red box and start a new pallet for it, then put the blue box on a different spot and stack up all the red and blue boxes. And each level increases the colors. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. But for some reason, like just figuring out you know, sorting and stacking, you know, increasing number of colored boxes was I, just really fun. I don't know why. I, I just really liked that game. And so that is probably by far the one I played the most. Do you uh, want to come, like, hang out with Hazel sometime and just, like, stack stuff? <laughs> <laughs> is that her jam, too? Totally. And what were some of the other games that stood out to you, Burns? Yeah, so... Um, like some of them I really liked because I liked also like the games that they were based on. So like there's Barkanoid, which is a brick breaker based off of Arkanoid basically, but you're playing a wiener dog that'll grow or get smaller and get abilities and stuff like that. Never saw it. Yeah, that, that one you get a little bit later in the game, kind of, kind of near to the end of the game. But that one's a lot of fun. It's a good brick breaker, adds a little bit to it. And then there was Asteroids is probably my favorite arcade game. Never saw it. Um, and so Meteor Madness is the version in this game, and it mixes Asteroid, but it adds on to, like, because, you know, you know the actual game of Asteroids where you have your ship and you pivot and you shoot the Asteroids and you shoot ships sometimes. So in this one, it'll start with a couple of spaceships, out uh, in the world and they're controlling these diamonds and you have to shoot them and then um, you have asteroids flying around too and you have to grapple these diamonds and pull them into this like warp hole to collect them uh, so it's not just trying to dodge the asteroids and the, the shooting from the thing but it's adding that other element of having to collect this stuff um, so that was an interesting one too I really like that I also have always liked Missile Command and so Communist from Mars is great a, name yep is, is, a, is a game very similar to Missile Command it's like almost exactly the same as Missile Command uh, so I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that one as well um, then there was Bugai which is like uh, Puyo Puyo or like Puzzle Quest where you have basically you match so many colors and you have the little thing that shoots it up and you got the orbs and once you get enough of them together then it'll clear those off and you if you you know if you match a bunch of colors in an area and there's some orbs that were hanging off of it those will drop and then stack onto your opponent uh, so that game was a really good version of that and I enjoyed playing that um, another one that was fun, but it was super hard, was Line Terror. I don't know if you guys unlocked that one at Just all. Just bought that. That was the last cabinet that I bought, and I never played it. Yeah, and so it, I, 
I know I've played an arcade game like it, or it was a game on the Atari that was like it. But basically, what you're doing is you're trying to create these geometric like li- you're trying to create lines and cover up an area. And you need to get to a point where it's like you've covered up 60% of the map. But you have, you know, kind of like how like the DVD pause screen has the little DVD symbol that bounces around the screen. you got this diagonal line that bounces around. And if that hits the line that you're building, it will destroy you. And you also have a couple of ships that are moving along the lines. That one is by far, I think, one of the harder games. Um, but it was still it was still pretty fun to like, oh, am I going to be able to finish this line in time or am I going to get killed? So I don't know. Those were those were some that I really enjoyed. That sounds like a banger. How, <laughs> how much thought did you guys put into where you're sticking the cabinets? Casey, you mentioned that you would try to balance the more popular games with the less popular games. I put literally zero thought in. I would get a new cabinet and be like, open spot, click. No thought planning whatsoever. Burnsy, where did you come in? Uh, every now and again it would be like, oh, okay, this looks like it would be kind of similar to this game so it makes sense to put it by there but i don't that doesn't have any real sway on how the game works uh and once i placed the machine i think maybe once did i move a machine after i placed it i had no idea how to move the machines i had a daily uh to-do list item once to like rearrange i'm like i don't know how to do that i guess i'm not crossing that one off there's a way to do too it. much work to go onto my cellular <laughs> telephone and type how do you rearrange your cabinets in arcade paradise there's a way to do it i can't remember it was like the I don't know what the button is. It's like the select button yeah. on the controller, and that would bring up your little map. Okay, that's and what then it you was just then. like okay. had no idea that was a thing. Highlight yep. the highlight the cabinet you want to move, and then you move it to wherever you would like to move it. And then, huh. did you guys play the game on the uh, on the phone, the PDA? Yeah, oh, yeah. The llama, the llama. Yeah, I played a little llama, but I was playing. I played almost all of my ten or so hours on Steam Deck, and a good chunk of that at a hotel wow. on crappy hotel <laughs> Wi-Fi. Really so there's just a touch of lag which made Llama <laughs> untenable. Yeah. yeah, Llama is hard anyway because it's the the jumping's not exactly precise, which is fine because it's what kind of it's not really a Flappy Bird clone, but there's been lots of games like that in the past too. So yeah, it's very it's very based off of those. And did you guys play Minesweeper and Solitaire on the computer too? Nope, never bought that upgrade. The only upgrade yeah, I actually I bought was either. a radio ad to boost uh, popularity. That's the only upgrade you had. Mm-hmm. I bought the Time one, which yes. was awesome. Well, yes. I'm started, I wasn't it, even it, aware. It just of slows it. down your day, so you're oh. able to do more stuff in the more day. during the day and spend more time in your cabinets. Before yeah, I, oh, that would be good. Yeah. I was saving up for the assistant manager, so I didn't have to touch the hoppers anymore. Oh wow! Like you did, you were going for that one way earlier than I didn't do that until after I'd like finished the story of the game and was just like trying to maximize things. Yeah, I just wanted to take one thing out of like the daily loop and touching all the hoppers every time. Uh, I didn't mention my favorite cabinets. I played a lot of Racer Chaser, which is Pac-Man meets Grand Theft Auto. Okay. And uh, I played a fair amount of Blockchain, which is a puzzly type game because I I thought it was interesting uncovering the conspiracies in Blockchain. I hated that game. Me it too. just didn't make sense to me. I tried to figure out like how the numbers would work and I'd think I'd have it figured out and then I'd plop it down and it wouldn't like eliminate a line. Uh, or I'd plop something down and be like, okay, well, if I put this here, then it's going to do it. And when I plop that first one down, it's like, oh, it cleared that. All right, I guess it worked. I don't know. So that one just really didn't make sense to me at all. Fascinating. Yeah, it kind of clicked with me because it's like it's all determined on the number of boxes going horizontal or vertical. So like if you have a three and you put it on top of a stack of two boxes, it's going to clear that three off. And uh, depending on what's underneath it, it'll impact the lower boxes too. Yeah, I, I, it never. that was probably one of my least played 
games of all of them just because I just didn't understand it. Burns, you're missing out. It had a great narrative, dude. Well, no, because I know the conspiracy <laughs> stuff, so I did unlock one of the conspiracies, and I thought that was interesting. Um, and what triggered finding those? Clearing so many rows, maybe? Surviving okay. so long? Because like every so often... Uh, there was a countdown for the firewall, and that's when the platforms would raise up. Okay. And so each time one of those triggered, it would reveal another level. And down at the bottom, there's a little folder with a number slash a yeah. number. So like when you unlock the first part of the conspiracy, it's one out of seven. So Got it. Okay. And when you get the next one, it moves up to two out of seven. Uh, I wouldn't have played it much either, except I kept getting to-do lists early on that tied to playing blockchain. It's like, all right. And then I kind of got into it. I'm like, all right cool but what i really got sucked into which i thought was just the stupidest concept was Woodgal jr oh yeah <laughs> Woodgal jr like you start up this cabinet game and you're standing on the side of a tree and if you press left you chop on the left side of the tree if you press on the right on the d-pad or the left stick you chop on the right side of the tree and you're just trying to chop as much mm-hmm. of this tree without bump bopping your head on a stick as you can and like there's a really fast timer going down uh-huh. so like uh, I kind of got into a flow, but the only reason I got into it was because I got an email yeah. from a customer yeah. saying, hey, I got this high score in Woodgall. I'm like, well, I can probably get 13. And then like it just kept pushing it higher and yeah. higher. No, that that I, I, I really like that mechanic that they added into that. They do it with a couple of games, but it's mostly just that Woodgall Jr. game. I got on an attack vector as well. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Huh. Um, and, you know, the guy gave up really early in that one, which is good because the game's not very fun to play. Yeah, it's brutal. Um, what, what was Casey, your what was your experience with Attack Vector? Uh, you play a tank trying to shoot down helicopters. You a tank driving down the street, and a helicopter <laughs> will come one of four cardinal directions. Yes, my joystick uh, didn't work for that game, evidently. <laughs> so I could only shoot forward or left most of the time. I could. I had a hell of a time getting it to go right, and I never, ever got it to go backwards. So if there was ever a helicopter behind me, I was insta-killed. But and you can press left twice, right, my dude. It, honestly, it didn't work. I played it, I tried it like for five <laughs> minutes straight because I had like a quest or something that I had to compete for, or complete for that. And I was like, well, this is not happening. There's no way that like I don't... It's just never going to work. So I tried all sorts of stuff, and it just never worked. The only thing I didn't try was the deep pad which i should have yeah. tried because evidently that works but the well when you hold the you controller do- on top of your head with like your feet <laughs> on the trigger buttons like it gets really hard to reach that d-pad yeah you, what you need to do is you need to put it in front of your face so that you could use your tongue to hit the d-pad that would make work or just hold it like a standard human being holds a controller <laughs> all perfectly viable options what is, what what uh, was your last high score on woodgall jr uh, my last high score on Woodgale Jr. was, I think, 83 or 88. It was in the 80s. Okay. And, like, the last goal I had for that game was to hit a score of 110, so I never reached that one. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, that that was really interesting and, like, frustrating, but it's like, uh-huh. oh, it's so quick to restart and get back yeah. into it. Like, oh, just one more run, just one more run. I got it to 184. No way. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That's insane. Like, yeah, it's, it's all about getting into the flow with it, right? And getting lucky, too, because there will be times where it will give you, like, extremely long lengths of time on one side of the tree and like that helps to getting lucky with that helps and just i think the biggest thing with that game is not going too quickly you have that but you have to go quick enough because that timer ticks down real quick but but it it that almost makes you go too fast so that you do screw up like so you really just have to find a nice rhythm with it. And the the thing, if you get into a decent rhythm, the timer doesn't go down fast enough that it's going to cause you problems. And it's really just getting into that rhythm and you don't even pay attention to the timer going down and just sort of go with the flow of it. I would equate my sense of rhythm to something akin to like a house cat in a shopping bag. It just... <laughs> 
It makes no sense. There's no flow. It's just like stuff's happening all over the place. And eventually you suffocate and die? <laughs> yeah, pretty like, much. <laughs> I don't know if that was... I don't know if you want to put the cat in it, like on it, or... <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I'll, I'll stand by my assessment. <laughs> Burnsy, how well did all this game come together? Like, did the narrative meet your standards? Is this on par with The Witcher 3? <laughs> I mean, it's a very different game than The Witcher 3. But I think for the most part, like... A lot of it worked really well. Like the fact, so, you're saying yes? That's a definitive yes. <laughs> the fact that you know everything kind of flowed into each other, and having like the emails kind of push you to play certain games that you probably wouldn't have even touched, you know, I think is a nice touch. I wish they would have almost done it a little bit more, but it would have probably gotten annoying if there would have been too many of those. Um, but uh, I, I do the story. You know, it's limited. It's nothing like The Witcher Three's grand like narrative with multiple side stories or anything like that. And I love taking arguments to a ridiculous uh-huh. precipice. But there is a story to this game. Yes. Like you, you're basically taking over a business that your dad owns, this laundromat, and you find out that arcades are profitable, and you just keep growing that. Does that reach a reasonable payoff? Oh yeah. I, so the story actually. You know, like I said, it's limited in it's limited in scope, but it it definitely is intriguing. And as the game goes on, um, it it does drive your want to succeed. Um, it's a very interesting story, and it gets a little bit deeper than I think you really expect it to get. Um, and I was not digging the story at all. Like I was literally crossing things off the list. This game was list cross off simulator for me. Yeah. No. I mean, it like once you as you keep going. You know, as you keep like getting it bigger and bigger and bigger and everything like that, it starts to present maybe a few more, a few more issues or the conflict then starts to emerge a little bit more between uh, Ashley and her dad. Um, And so, I don't know, it's really interesting stuff I think happens with it. And it, it was a little more, it was a little more of an aspect of the game than I expected it to be, which I thought was pretty good. Um, So yeah, I would definitely, you know, if you ever get back to the game um you know i I think it's worth it to try to see it to conclusion now it it does take a while to get through you know and meet all of those goals and stuff like that but i don't know i think it was i think it was a lot of fun to pick up and play every now and again trying to play it for a deadline and get as much of the game done especially when you have like the end of summer stuff going on in life and everything else, you know, that makes things maybe a little bit more difficult, but it's, it's one of those games that I whittled away at over the year and finished it this month. Um, you know, and I really enjoyed it, but then again, I wasn't always pushed to try to get as far as I could into it. I'll say this. This was an interesting thing uh, from our text chain. Casey, you mentioned that you may hate this game with a burning fiery passion at one point. (laughs) I was at my happiest with arcade paradise when I was, um, just doing a small chunk like you can do a day in roughly 20 minutes at least in the early phase mm-hmm. and like when i did one day at a time and then set it down it's like okay next day i'll come back i'll chunk away a little bit where i had my least amount of fun when i was trying to put as much time as possible into it and trying to grind through as much of it in a row as possible and putting multiple hours in a row like it came really uh lag for me at that point like mm-hmm. phoenix looked at me at one point and she's like you're not enjoying yourself. Why don't you just play Baldur's Gate? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't stop. <laughs> I owe it to our patrons, honey. So I, I will say, though, that there were times where, like, especially when I was first playing it, like, there was a couple of days where it was like, you know, I started playing it and then 
four hours went by and it's like, holy crap, I've been playing this game a long time. Um, because it's a lot you, of racer chaser, yo. Well, you just, you start to get into kind of, it, it does the thing that I really like in a lot of games where it's like you create your mental checklist of it's like, okay, uh, tomorrow I'm going to do this and this and this. Um, and then you see, oh, okay, I got this on the to-do list. And it's like, I want to make this much money to buy this machine. And so it, it, it really leads you in that direction where you start to make those mental checklists. And those are always really fun to go through and like check off as you get through it and spur you on to the next thing. Um, and so that's like one of the things that I really enjoy in, in games. And so, you know, once you can kind of get into that, that loop and that flow of that um i think that's what makes the game really fun um but having the luxury and the leisure to be like oh, okay i'm really not enjoying this right now i'm you know i'll put it down i'll pick it back up in a couple weeks or something like that um you know i think i think i think that helps with the game because it's not like you need to it's not something where you need to really be playing it all the time and i think it's almost a detriment if you're forced to play through a lot of it yeah, and such is the curse of having a podcast. Um, you know, th there are some knocks that, you know, there are with the game also. Um, the controls, I think, are... The controls are rough in spots, and there's some pieces of trash at, in different areas that are really hard to pick up. Um, there was I crouched a lot for picking up trash. Yeah, I did too, but there's sometimes where it's like you have to like move around and angle it. Um, as things grow, like there's a couple machines too that I like famously kept having a hard time opening the hoppers for. One of them is like the pool table once you unlock that, and then UFO Assault was another one. I don't know if it was like where it was at in the building or if it's the machine itself, but there are countless times when I would go to open the hopper and it would just jump me up to start playing the game. It's like, no, I don't want to do that. I just want to get the freaking... Video hockey for me. No, that, that did the same thing to you? Yep. Yeah. And so, so, so there's some control and imprecision stuff. There was famously, when the game came out, there was a piece of trash that nobody could collect. Um, it was on like the dividing wall between the washing machines, um, and, and you just you couldn't you couldn't get it, and so they had to put it they had to patch it in, um, and it was funny because it was a big deal when it was patched on PC, but then because it it took like another three weeks for it to get onto consoles because of the certification process for updates to go through that, and so then it was kind of like a funny thing online where it's like well. You know, console fans, you have to wait a little bit longer to get that can out of there again. But, you know, eventually it's going to happen. Um, I think the controls in some of the games also, especially as you get later on in the game, become more imprecise. Um, one of the video games was like the Frogger clone. Um, it just it seems like there is lag when you were trying to jump to the lily pads and sometimes you'd miss them. And it's like I was right on it. I don't know why. I, I miss that. I think also the games that weren't like video games, but were just like table games, were some of the most clunky to control. I played darts one time, and I will never play darts in Arcade <laughs> Paradise again. I don't care if I have 17 items on my to-do list that all says, throw one dart. Nope, not going to do it. <laughs> darts Hard wasn't pass. too bad. Like, you got used to how to throw it after a while. It was just super easy. Like, I breezed through all three of the opponents, like, super quickly. Um... Because once you get a hang of how you have to, how the aiming works, and then how you throw it, like, 
you can hit the numbers you need to hit pretty fast. I had a to-do list item for uh, scoring 180, which is three triple 20s, and I said, nope, I'm just never doing this again. But the actual air hockey, not the video air hockey, but the actual air hockey machine that you get and the foosball table you get, especially the foosball table, the controls are atrociously bad. Like, it's it's basically unplayable to try to do anything. Um, and then, like, trying to get scores in real air hockey is yeah super difficult as well yeah video air hockey was no peach either like i basically just hammered on a and hope for the best now that was that was precision compared to the actual air hockey counterpart (laughs) hard Um, pass yeah so that that was that was unfortunate that some of those games struggled from that and I, i feel like it was probably just that they bit off a little bit more than they could chew um with trying to develop that many games for one game and Casey, I've known you for a long time. Like it was a little bit weird in high school when you just like come to my house and like start doing laundry. But then like it became a thing with all our friends as Burns nearly sprays me with soda. <laughs> uh, how well did this total package come together for you, you laundry savant? <laughs> um, I, I mean, you guys covered a lot of the points that I was going to touch on, but like it, it's just, it was a very interesting concept, and I kind of jam-packed everything in so i did suffer a little bit from that fatigue aspect mm-hmm. you know like after a three and a half four hour run it's yeah it's like how much more of this can you take right yeah. and so just that- how did the conversation with your kids go when they wanted to play jedi survivor you're like <laughs> stop i'm the grown-up i make the rules i'm going to play some arcade paradise you can play racer chaser with me if you want uh, my oldest definitely like was kind of laughing at me and like i was like hey i gotta go downstairs play my game for the podcast he's like oh yeah you gonna go do some laundry huh <laughs> <laughs> like yep <laughs> but yeah i mean did it's... your wife come down and like <laughs> plop a laundry basket down for you <laughs> right, yeah, like yeah, irl right. yep. <laughs> um yeah i mean it's really interesting to me you know like it, like you said it's it's kind of crazy that they developed all these games for for this game and i like almost wondering if they had all that first and they were like huh we have all these games if we just put like a game out that was retro arcade nobody's gonna play this piece of crap you know like all these games really aren't that great right Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, let's put it behind some checklists that'll get the dopamine going (laughs) exactly but if yeah if we slowly unroll each one of these games and they give them something else to do in the meantime to make it addictive because this game is it's honestly it is addictive like disagree vehemently (laughs) but like you can't get in that zone you're right you're like holy crap how did three and a half hours just go by Did I like it? I don't know. You know, like <laughs> I do. I do think I. The game kind of insinuates that there is one of the arcade games. I don't think either of you have it yet, but I'm, the game kind of insinuates that there's one of those games that's actually the first game that this studio made. Um, and so, so that's an interesting aspect to it. I don't know if that's just them. You know, if it's that specific game, or if that was just so supposed to sort of mirror kind of the their studio getting founded or whatever um but that was that was kind of neat um to to find as you kind of go through the story of the game and speaking of the story of the game casey what's the big mystery here like what is the thing that kept you up at night about arcade paradise why when i leave is it spotless and clean and then i come back the next day and there's 75 crusty socks laying all over the floor. I swear to God, if I ever find the fat sumbi who is eating all those hamburgers and just leaving his boxes right. everywhere, 
I think there was like some teenage, you know, wild orgy party every single night in my laundry that I didn't know about. Like, just I, gum everywhere. Gum and pizza boxes and crusty socks. Newspapers. Everywhere. Newspapers. Like, so that makes sense, like with the laundry, because usually like laundromats are open 24 hours and you just like lock up all the things that people could get at or whatever. Um, and maybe they're left a little unintended or whatever. But once it's like, once you get to the point where like the laundry is gone, um, like it doesn't make sense. Like that, you would, you probably wouldn't just leave an arcade. 24 hour unattended. arcade. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is one thing that after a while you're just kind of like, what the heck's going on? And there's an upgrade that you can get where it's just like, oh, you don't have to pick up as much trash and so on and so forth. But I was just like, well, it's free money. So I'm not going to get that one <laughs> yep. until like at the end. I'm sorry. No, that was it. That, I struggled with the overall package here. And, Bernsey, I'm going to poke at you on this one because I love poking at you about this uh -huh. topic. I thought that Arcade Paradise was a largely repetitive grind without the stellar gunplay of Destiny to pick it up. Like, I know you hated Destiny, and I know you hated Destiny with a burning, fiery passion because of the repetition and the reused assets and all of that. But, like, I just I want to ask you, why did you love Arcade Paradise when you hated Destiny when at least... To me, Destiny had that one aspect of it that was really killer. Like, the gunplay and the bosses were fun. Mm -hmm. The gunplay and the bosses were fun, but then running through the same environment over and over and over to get to them, after waiting in your ship, flying through the loading screen for an extra two, three minutes before... Loading things are going to be a thing of the past. Yeah. Um, well, and this was well before the PS5 anyway, but... I mean, it was PS4. It was a selling point for it. But I think I'm going to turn this back around at you... Um, and not necessarily in a negative way, but it's like, you know, if you don't have an affinity for arcade games or older games or things like that, it's probably not going to have as much of a pull or draw for you as something like Destiny would have, where it's like, I can shoot stuff in the head, watch it go, you know? That's I love fun. shooting stuff in the head, man. And so... And um, I have these crappy twitch reflexes, so when it happens, it's like super satisfying. So I think that's I think that's what it kind of comes down to. You, you know, you're, you're kind of infamous and people poke fun at you all the time in the in the discord and in 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 person for just hating old games with a burning fiery passion um so it's it's not surprising that you would maybe you know not get into as much a game like this well i view myself as someone who enjoys arcades like i could go and pump some quarters into street fighter 2 like that would be a fun thing for me i could go and play gauntlet even though like the ticking down health drives me crazy in the arcade version as opposed to like home console versions so like i don't feel like i necessarily hate arcade games and i did have some fun playing the different cabinets but uh yeah i don't know but I think I think really it's like yeah get you get into like the flow of different things and it's like once you sort of get into the point where you're trying to challenge yourself to get better at certain things, um, which is kind of how it was in old school arcades. Um, that's sort of the other piece that kind of drives you a little bit, where it's just like okay, there's got to be a way that I can at least buy a gun in freaking Zombie Two or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, Zombat never figured that out. So there's a little store that you can go to. Yeah, got to the store, had like the uh, coins, couldn't figure out how to buy the next gun. Oh. Yeah, you just have to hit a button. <laughs> oh, well, Maybe it wasn't A. <laughs> or maybe I'm just like a big baby or a quitter or whatever, but like when I realize that I don't have like the talent to reach a higher echelon or something, like I just move off and it's like, all right, well, I will never be like a Wood Gal Junior champion. So it's like, I did my to do list thing. And now I'm fine. Now I get the email. I'm like, oh, apparently I'm not fine. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed a lot of the games, um, and so that helped. Um, there are certain games that I really didn't like. I would play them just to move forward, and that's it. But then there were certain ones that I found an affinity for, and so it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to, you know, get at least max out the things I need to do with this game, um, for sure. Um, one of the other knocks that I had is that it does seem like the to-do list tends to focus on certain games a lot more than others. I think it tends to be games that you more recently purchased that it focuses on. Um, I didn't really notice that as much. It seemed pretty random, but I didn't get... I got three upgrades to the arcade, so I I don't know how to quantify how far into the game I got. Yeah, that's probably like a third to a half way through the game. <sighs> I can't remember how many upgrades there are total. Um, so, yeah. That's something like that. I forgot what we were talking about. I, I did too. So. Yeah. All right. All right. Great. Um, Great stuff. What are your overall thoughts, impressions, and takeaways, Tom? Well, Casey, is this the time where we repeat your mantra where every month you're like, I'm going to play this game more. I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to fire up some Immortals Phoenix Riding, and I'm just going to... I said it on purpose that time. <laughs> no, I was going to say, you do that. Uh, no, I don't think this is one that I'm probably going to go back to. Um, well, where exactly did you come in on it? Like in our text chain, you said you hated it with a burning, fiery passion, which is partly to pander to me, and I appreciate you. Like, <laughs> where did you end up on this game? Um, I put right around ten hours into it. I ended up, um, I guess it would be the second where you you knock out the closet, and then I had every cabinet except one the only game that i didn't purchase was Woodgal jr out of out of that bunch so, so you're basically one cabinet behind me. One, one cabinet from opening up the third yeah the third expansion um and i don't know like it's it was it was just okay like i said there's something strangely addictive about it but at the same time like it just in the end was a grind that i don't really want to to play i'd rather play something else that i that i know i had a lot more fun and like this was just kind of like a time waster and it was it was okay but it's not something that i need to go back to would you rather play this for five hours straight or play jedi fallen order and go back to dathomir (laughs) wow that's actually a really really good question because one there would actually be progression and the other one i'm just stuck (laughs) jumping over trying to get back over the same stupid pit that i can't get get over um wow I don't know. I guess I'd have to take Arcade Paradise in that aspect. All right. So you loved it. <laughs> Bernsey, I think you were slightly more positive on this game. What are your final thoughts on Arcade Paradise? Uh, so like I said before, I I would, at times, I would really get into that flow of, like, you know, going through, making room for, or, or going through, um, playing all the things, or checking off all the boxes, doing the laundry and everything like that. You know, and get, would get annoyed when it would be like, oh, it's 11 p.m., it's time to close. You know, it's like, okay, well, I got to do one more thing. And then the next thing I know, it's like 2 p.m., you need to go home. You know, and the next thing I know, I'm passing out on the floor. <laughs> and so um, I think it's, I just really, from time to time, I would really get into it. And it'd be just, it'd just be lots of fun. And like, kind of like that serotonin, like you're talking about, of just like, I'm going to check this box, I'm going to check this box. And it's, it is funny, because <laughs> for the first, like, week, 
in game. Um, after I got done, maybe a little bit longer, after I got to the point where the laundromat no longer existed and it was just the arcade, I actually, I think I had Stockholm Syndrome because I missed doing the laundry, (laughs) which was kind of silly, but it's just like, I kind of missed having that. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do now? I I don't have anything to put, I guess I got to play a machine. I don't know. I think like the ultimate troll job, the last like cabinets you need to unlock is like a laundry sim. (laughs) (laughs) That would be good. So you could just go back to doing laundry over and over again. Um, But all in all, like if you have a soft spot for like arcade machines and just sort of the arcade kind of feel in general, I think this is a really fun game for you to check out. Um, oh man, if they had like the X Men cabinet in there, then I'd be all in. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I don't have anything really polished like that. Um, th- I think they were aiming more towards like that early '80s kind of arcade feel, um, and not more so like the '90s where you get into like the Time Crisis and um, like the the really good beat 'em ups, like uh, like the Turtles and stuff like that. The Simpsons, um, yeah. But I think once you get through the grindy grindy parts. Um, and you know that you don't need to be locked into or beholden to the laundry um, to make money. I, I think it's I think it's a really fun game, and I, I you know if you if you do have an affinity for arcades, I, I would definitely tell you to check it out. It's like a twenty dollar game if you don't have Game Pass, um, so it's it's pretty cheap. And for what twenty dollars for all these different games, and you'll probably find at least one or two that you enjoy playing and kind of get hooked on for a little bit from time to time. So Yeah, like blockchain. <clears throat> Stack overflow. One of the fun things we do with Game Pass Forever is we have a channel in the OIO Discord about it. And, uh, you know, if you're playing along with these games, it's an awesome place to talk about it. Some thoughts from the OIO community. Friend of the show, John Munch, uh, also played Arcade Paradise with us. John said it was a fun little distraction that I think just moved too slow. Uh, too many nights making laundry and checking your machines, but the upgrades you get to your spot are nice, and I like the chats with the dad and the sister. I didn't realize it was a sister. I thought, uh, like, the sibling's name is Leslie, right? I thought it was a boy. I'm pretty sure it's a sister. It's two sisters. Oh. I had no idea the main protagonist was a girl either. Well, the name's Ashley. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be a, a male named Ashley, and that's more common in England, but... Yeah. No, I had a former coworker who was married to a dude named Ashley. Yeah, so I guess possibly, but yeah, yeah. Or I just have terrible attention to detail, and uh, I'm a terrible researching podcast host. Oh, well, it One might or be the other. something that comes out and is maybe more solidified as the game goes on, too. But yeah. Oh, sure, gotcha. But I knew though that uh, Leslie is referred to as your sister. Um, so Leslie is, I believe, a, a girl. All right. Or identifies as a girl, one of the two. This game was not my favorite. <laughs> uh, I softened my stance from when I originally wrote the show notes. Like I originally wrote, not fun. Uh, but it grew on me a little bit. You take any number of time wasters over Arcade Paradise is what it said. Yeah, well, it still says that. Thanks for stealing my thunder. <laughs> oh, but sorry. Like, <laughs> I, thought you were, I thought you were backing off from that, too. Yeah, no, no, I'll stick with that one, but okay. like... By time wasters, I mean games that don't necessarily have a strong narrative. I'm thinking Vampire Survivors. I would much rather mm-hmm. play Vampire Survivors than Arcade Paradise. Even Loop Hero. Uh, a lot of Casey's indie darlings that we've been playing for the last 11 months on this show. <laughs> I'd rather uh, play this than Loop Hero, I would say. Vampire Survivors is different. but I feel like I'm closer to beating Loop Hero and crossing it off my list forever. So that gives it a slight edge in my head. Well, there's no such thing as beating Vampire Survivors, I don't think. Oh, there is. You to the timer, he, he, game over, yeah. 
Oh no, that's not game over. Then you gotta try to kill death. You can't kill death. Oh, you can kill death. You can't kill death. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the real end game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is getting to the point where you can kill death. Yeah, I'm I'm sure John will back me up here. You can't kill death. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I Unless you're a Belmont. I've seen it. <laughs> I'll only see it if Amaranth does it. <laughs> so if you enjoy this wacky content about the Xbox Game Pass library, you should support Outsiders Overrated on our Patreon. Each month, our patrons vote on the next title that we dive into. Next month, next month after an 11th month hiatus... <laughs> Tom's game finally rose to the top of the list again, and it's one that I literally put zero thought into. <laughs> like, uh, it's been a tough couple of weeks at work, and I'm just like, scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, Monster Hunter, yeah. They'll never vote for this, but I want to play it, so okay. But we are going to play Monster Hunter Rise. Rise to the challenge and join the hunt in Monster Hunter Rise, the latest installment in the award-winning and top-selling Monster Hunter series. You'll become a hunter, explore brand new maps, and use a variety of weapons to take down fearsome monsters as part of an all-new storyline. Now, are you sure that you weren't influenced by Brian a little bit since he was talking about Monster Hunter Rise? Uh, yeah, no, that's actually kind of that's kind of a detriment because <laughs> like he's going to have a lot of advice for me, and I'm not a person who likes to be told what to do. Like... You just, just just take it in, like, let it go in one ear and out the other. Does not compute, Burns. Like, does not compute. Yeah, I mean, you don't... I mean, you can let people tell you any advice you, that that they want, and you don't have to actually listen to it or pay attention to it. No, I have to point out why they're wrong. <laughs> there are... Yeah, that is the time. <laughs> there are a few exceptions. Like, if I'm golfing with Casey and you have some advice for me, I'll listen in that specific scenario i don't know how we build that rapport but like generally speaking i do not like being told what to do (laughs) i put this thing up because i loved monster hunter world and i thought it would be a fun thing that we'd actually play together burns you played some world what's your level of excitement for jumping into a new monster hunter and rise i'm interested to see what's different i do know that it it's it is i my understanding is it's is it's a decent amount different than world was um, Interesting. I know nothing about it. I did check it out from the library and played a couple of hours of it. I'm like, oh, yeah. Because right, cool. it is not like a huge graphical sort of. It, it's it's a little bit toned down from that. I, I my understanding is I could be wrong, but my understanding is is it's kind of a little bit more of a step back from world, um, and takes like some of the quality of life things that made world better. Um, and sort of ports it back to the older Monster Hunter games a little bit. I could be completely wrong in that, but that's the that's the understanding I have on it from what I've heard about it. And I do know that Brian has said that the onboarding is a lot more accessible in Rise, so um, nice. maybe this will be the best one to jump into. But like, are you excited to jump in, hunt some monsters together? Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I I. I always struggle with games like that where it's like you have to choose what weapon to use and it's just like I just never feel like I ever make the right choice in that stuff. Well, I mean, you have some flexibility to choose. Like, I've played several different main weapons in World before finally settling on the hammer as the one that fit me. Yeah, but I always I always get to that point where it's just like, well, maybe I just don't know how to use this well enough yet, and I need to practice with it more. And then the next thing I know, I'm 15 hours in with the same weapon, and then it feels like it's too late to change. 
um, because I've already learned how this works. And, you know, even though the lance might not be the the greatest thing in the world, I at least kind of know what I'm doing with it, so I'll just keep rolling with it. Burns, my friend, sometimes you just got to rip it, grip it and rip it, my dude. <laughs> like, just tom it up. So, I don't know. So, we'll see how this goes. Casey, um, what's your level of familiarity with Monster Hunter as a franchise? Like, I presume you've never played one of the games. Never played it. Didn't watch the movie. Um, heard of it. Never watched the movie. Nobody watched the movie. It's Monster Hunter with the American military thrust into it. Like, I'm sure that that has no bearing on the Monster Hunter universe. Correct, but we're probably going to end up watching it in uh, a year or two for <laughs> That's true. Yeah, we have that one earmarked for it, yeah. Yes. We're in the 2000s now, and that was... Oh, that might be the 2010s next year, dude. Yeah, I know. Super excited. Is it, or is that was that in 2020? It might have been 2020. Yeah, so we might have a couple of years, but... You know anything about the games? Uh, I know you uh, played... A- protagonist that gets to hunt monsters <laughs> all right i do think he understands what the words monster and mean. <laughs> that big old brain's been working <laughs> i do think that this game's really going to resonate with you casey if we can get some serious time into it i think it'll be uh something that you really enjoy let's have a quick on-air production meeting um I think that now is the time to take two months with a Game Pass Forever game. I was looking at some numbers for the show leading up to the Patreon party. While I won't tip my hand completely, there is a common theme amongst the only four shows that have failed to register 40 downloads in the last two years. And what's that? Game Pass. Uh, Particularly the smaller indie games. Like, it's Chicory, Loop Hero, Nobody Saves the World, and there was one from last year that was like... Nandy gem. So, like, this is a hard decision for me to make, but uh, I'm a little overburdened with a new job, with the podcast, with Game Pass Forever, and so I'm just bringing this on you guys. So, is the idea we don't record until two months from now, or Uh, do we record and talk about like the first parts of the game next month, and then the following month we would? record like our final thoughts on it i thought not record for two months but that is a hard pill for me to swallow i think uh doing like a check-in in one month is a great starting point and then more complete thoughts in two months casey do you have any thoughts show. or inklings yeah just tell me what to do tom because <laughs> like honestly you know me like i usually cram like the last 10 hours into a week week and a half so I'm hoping, yeah, if that's, you know, that I'm not going to procrastinate over two months and I'm not going to slam the last 10 hours again. And if we well, do play some bigger titles, that it would give me a lot more time. So that would be that would be nice. I just need to make sure that I'm actually playing the games and, and like, I'm not, not going to get slipped by me, you know? I'm not going to beg on you for procrastinating because this is a completely volunteer thing for you. Like, I have <laughs> the Patreon on a sponsorship, and that uh, is all my business. You guys are here out of the goodness of your hearts. Uh, so I appreciate all of the efforts that you do put into the shows. Burns, what are your thoughts on tweaking the format to maybe look at two months per game? Well, I mean, I I, mean, I think I mentioned that to you before. Yeah, because, no, you pitched it on the show, and I kind of poo-pooed it at the time. But yeah, like, I, I just, because it, it, it opens up the opportunity, because that's a lot of the reason why Arcade Paradise was voted on. Um, you know, my accidental swaying of things, maybe notwithstanding. But, you know, like Mike said it in the in the Discord that... You know, he would have loved to have seen us play Assassin's Creed or Persona, but he knew there was no way we could get through it anywhere near enough of it to really judge it in a month. 
Um, and so I think opening it up that way would help us a lot. Um, the one thing I will say, like, you know, Chicory only being at like 40 downloads. I mean, that was literally like released three weeks ago or whatever. Yeah. So that gets a little bit of a pass, (laughs) but it was just interesting that there were four shows that failed to crack that specific threshold and they were all game pass games. Yeah. I mean, and and that's Uh, on the other end of the spectrum. Civ Six is our fourth most popular podcast. That's wow. so crazy to me. I I just that's atypical. Usually, Game Pass games don't raise that high. I think Darkest Dungeon is the next highest and is also in the top ten. Yeah, I don't know. It is it is always interesting to see what are the episodes that kind of catch on and don't. Like the fact that Dragon's Dogma, I think, is our top episode or up there anyway, is still just like really surprising to me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm perfectly fine with doing it that way and however you want to do it if you want to record a, a shorter check-in ahead of time and or yeah in a, in a month and then record full thoughts after that um, yeah it's com- kind of completely up to you yeah well we'll uh, we'll noodle on it a little bit more but just a heads up to the audience that does listen to and enjoy the show uh, tell your friends to download because like <laughs> the downloads on Game Pass Forever are a little bit lacking um but we're going to keep doing this because I think we all agree that we love doing it. Like we don't want to stop doing game yeah. pass forever. And like, it's just for me right now, maybe things are leaving out with the job a little bit, but like, it's just, I'm a little overwhelmed and this seemed like the most reasonable place for me to step back a little bit. Um, and I'll throw in a line from a different podcast that I hear, um, at the end, they always say, you know, if you like the show, tell your friends to listen to it. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always, you can always take that approach. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Tell your friends and enemies to listen. <laughs> also, if you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. Back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment, Game Pass Forever, is tied to a specific tier of support. You can back us for as little as $2 a month. $2 a month. Like, that's pretty cheap in the grand scheme of things. And, like, uh, where that money goes, like, it goes towards the media we consume for the show. Like, we're playing Final Fantasy sixteen for the main podcast. Like, Things are expensive, like hosting a podcast, hosting a website, equipment. Like, There's some money that goes into this. So if you enjoy this, please support your independent content producers at patreon.com slash OIO. And one other thing I'd say is, yeah, if you guys have thoughts on like playing these larger games and how to do like ideas on how to do like if we do a one month check in and then or whatever, like if you guys have thoughts and are in the discord, um, throw those out there. Let us know. Um, you know, we ultimately we want to make the show that you want to listen to the most and whatever makes that more interesting and more fun. Um, any ideas are always appreciated, at least from my perspective. Don't tell Tom what to do, but you can tell me what to do. <laughs> tell Burns what to do. Tweet him at Hobbybox Burns uh, or X him at Hobbybox Burns at yeah. Transition. Oh, I almost, I almost let one slip right there. <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening to this standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Stay inside, kids. <laughs>